Hello, folks. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. We had a little glitch there in our mic. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess. I want everybody to say a Hail Mary right now. Pray a Hail Mary for Jess. Jess has had some uh, ailments. He's been in the hospital. He's just coming out tomorrow. But everything looks good now. So let's pray a little Hail Mary and Thanksgiving for that. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art blessed thou amongst thou women, women, and blessed, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Seed of Wisdom, pray for us. Paul Clay, thanks for sitting in for Jess again uh, this morning on a short notice. We've got a great show ahead of us, folks. I, I, uh, I wanted just to read something from our friend, Dr. Brant Petrie, who many years ago we introduced to the Biblical Studies Conference, and he's just knocked the ball out of the park about a fresh look at Jesus. That's one thing we're going to talk about. Also, we're going to be talking about Tucker Carlson's interview with a Catholic exorcist and the reality of demons and the power of God. We're going to play a clip a little later in the show that, and also talk about how to prevent yourself from having any demonic influence in your life. It's quite simple, but the exorcist is going to give us a really good catechesis on that. Also, Paul, with all due respect, I want to comment about Pope Francis calls obscenity names the singers during a papal audience uh, poetic. And I just want to, uh, as, a, as a criticism, but also affirming him to be the spiritual leader of our church and call people to a higher level than what he did there. So that's going to be something I want to carefully talk about. Also, I want to just make a uh, comment. I was with Bishop Joseph Strickland in San Diego last night for dinner. He was at the uh, Assembly for Bishops in the United States. And um, I wanted to give a little comment about what he had to say about the opening session on unity. Basically, he's going to talk about what's unifying all our bishops is the teachings of Jesus and nothing else. I said, amen, Bishop also, I have a miracle later in the show about uh, a tornado that just missed the church, and it's a great story, so you won't want to miss that. But before we get into first the reading from the gospel, I just want to set the stage about having a fresh look at Jesus. And I want you to think about this being for you, for me, Paul, for everyone listening. All of history is one big love story. Amen. Your life is a love story. It yes. may not have always felt like that, but it's true, folks. Everything God said or did in all of history is for you. You are his beloved one. I mean, if God stopped thinking about you, you'd cease to exist. You have to believe this, and I'll tell you why. The world doesn't have any clue of how special they are in the eyes of God. In fact, Jesus frequently refers to himself as the bridegroom in the Gospels. How can a wedding guest fast when the bridegroom is with them. This is Mark chapter 2, verse 19. God's wedding himself to the human race in Jesus Christ. You, by virtue of your baptism, are members of that bride, the church, and your soul, I love this, is destined to be wedded to God forever in heaven. Sign me up. You are made for eternal love, and nothing but love will satisfy your heart. Paul, I, I brought that to your attention. I know, man, it makes me want to really realize I think, how special we are. But you see, this is what the world can't offer, Paul. 
Nope. Listen, it, it reminds me of that old song, Terry, what the world needs now is love. Yes. Sweet love. Oh, yeah. And and that's what we need. That sweet love of Jesus manifested in this world because it's the only thing. I, I know it's true for me and I know it's true for yeah. you, Terry. It is the only thing, the love of Jesus, that makes this life bearable. It makes it worth living. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get to the gospel of today. It's short and powerful. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. Um, Paul, I, you want to read that? and uh, You want to give us a little commentary? This is uh, another from the Sermon of the Mount. Go ahead. Yes, from the Sermon of the Mount, uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, you have heard that it was said, mm -hmm. love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not, e do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, call to holiness, brother. Go ahead. Hit it. Yeah. Well, Terry, um, it, uh, number one, the thing that speaks to me is the very high calling that we have. Oh, yeah. You see, there are a lot of people that would listen to Jesus' words here and say that, oh, you know, um, particularly, you know, the Protestant persuasion there, you know, they would say, oh, this is unachievable. You know, Jesus is just another way of giving us uh, the law, which we can't obey. We can't do that. How can we be perfect as, mm -hmm. as our heavenly father is perfect? Well, God wants us to be complete and he wants us to be his children. Yeah. And the And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has been given to us uh, you know, uh, uh, we have been, uh, as the sacred scripture tells us, we have become partakers of the divine nature and God is calling us, Terry, to a high calling. And number one, to love, it's it, just like the gospel says here, it's easy to love those who love you. Yeah. It's easy to, you know, I mean, that that's a given. Yep. Uh, you, you don't have to have any special measure of, 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 of grace to, to, to be kind and to love those who love you. Right. But to love those who hate you, to love your enemies, yep. well, that takes that takes supernatural grace. Yep. That that doesn't come naturally. And God is saying, and so 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 in essence, he's reminding us that listen. Uh, if we're going to follow Christ, then we have to be utterly dependent upon him yeah. for, for everything. We, you know, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in a state of grace. And as we're going to talk about later on, when we talk about the demon possession and so forth, when, when we forsake these things, when we, when we abandon or resist the Holy Spirit of God, it opens us up to all kinds of influence. Uh, we have three enemies, as sacred scripture says. We have the world. There's a worldview, like I always say, that militates against what God uh, says. And then there's my own flesh 
that constantly wants to get off the reservation. <laughs> That's a good way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. And then the devil. Yep. And we're going to talk about that. The devil is real. Amen. He is, uh, he, he's our enemy. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that commentary. And you know, the Second Vatican Council, the uh, clarent call was the universal call to holiness. It's not just for priests or brothers or nuns. It's for all Amen. of us. Amen. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Full sheen ahead. And Paul, we're going to talk about a topic our Lord spoke a lot about, hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he did. He says, this is what Bishop Sheen says, hell is a place where there is no love. For God is love. Mm. Mm-hmm. The souls in hell hate themselves most for wounding perfect love. Mm. It is not that God would not forgive them. It is rather they will not forgive themselves. The evil person incessantly wants a recasting of values. Gee, Paul, that last statement there, the evil person is constantly wanting to recast of values. Boy, that sounds like right now, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I don't know, you know, uh, and, and far be it for me that I should uh, yeah. uh, uh, disagree with Bishop Sheen on anything yeah. because, I, you know, because I don't. But this is just something that, that I will bring out that I yeah. know. Uh, sacred scripture tells us, uh, the psalmist uh, writes, where can I go? From your presence, O Lord. Yeah. If I go to the heavens, you're there. And if I go to the deepest part of the sea, even there. Yeah. You know, and so I don't necessarily know if God's presence is in hell, but if, you know, because, because it seems to me that, you know, God's presence is everywhere because, you know, nothing exists without Him. Mm-hmm. But I think that at, at a bare minimum, those who are in hell, can you imagine, Terry, the constant reminder to be able to even understand yeah. that pure love, you know, uh, you know, the, it would be a constant reminder, his oh, yeah. presence oh, yeah. about everything that they lost. And to me, that that would even be a greater tragedy, you know, just a, it's like it, you live with regret every single day. So but I don't know, you know, again, I don't know, uh, you know, the, the theology behind that, Terry, Um uh, Maybe you do. I do. I do, brother. Okay. Hey, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I'll just mention that, but also Tucker Carlson's interview with Father Vincent Lambert. We're going to play a little clip of his and then go through what he has to teach us about spiritual warfare that constantly we need to keep going at. We need to protect our wife, our family, and uh, the society against evil. And we'll do that when we come right back on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Paul Clay is sitting in. Love that man. You know, folks, I can call him and say, Paul, uh, we need a little help here. He's always says, "Yeah, if I can do it, man, I'm there. I'm here." Yeah. Hey, Paul, I wanted you know, to. I go ahead. Yeah, right before the break, Terry, you were gonna. You were I was, gonna, and I'm gonna say, what is it? Say? Bishop Sheen is referring to Thomas in his Summa Theologica talking about hell. 
one of the definitions is is the absence of God is in hell. Mm. And so that's okay. where I got that. And I think that's where Sheen got it from Thomas. So Yeah. I had well, to, you know, and, and you know, Terry, I, I kind of knew that, but yeah. I wasn't sure about the theology, but that verse just popped into my of head. Course so it does. Thinking, either way, but uh, again, I always this is how I would explain it. I would say um obviously uh uh sin is separation, right? right. So right. so 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 when a person receives the second death, yeah, they are becoming separated from God forever in a place called hell. Yep. So so uh that uh goes right online with uh, uh the summa like yep. you said. So yep. Right on. Man. Uh, yeah. Hey Paul, this is really exciting. I've got this article from LifeSite News, and it's it's really detailed about the spiritual life regarding the demonic. And yeah. it's all fundamental. It's not something that, but it's important for us to constantly understand. And um, it's, uh, Father Lambert is an exorcist for more than 15 years. He's explaining how people open their lives to the demonic at different levels and, you know, different possessions, all types of interesting in- information we're going to give. But I wanted to set the stage by playing the clip of an amazing story that Father Lambert has regarding a, a lady in Mexico. So, Mr. Engineer, if we can play that clip. If we can. There it goes. As an exorcist, I hear horrific stories of people and their brokenness and things that they have done. So this lady told me that growing up in Mexico, so she's 50 years old, growing up in Mexico, her father began to rape her at the age of seven. And it continued over a five-year period. When she turned 12, her father turned his attention to her younger sister. She blamed God for allowing this to happen. So in her culture, she turned to curanderos, witch doctors and brujas and witches who told her that they could help put the pieces of her life back together. But it only broke her even more. She's crying and she finally looks at me and says, will you help me? And I looked at her and I said, well, Jesus is the one who's going to help you. And people might find this hard to believe, but as soon as I said that, the demon manifested in her. Her eyes turned green. Her pupils became slanted like a serpent. And this voice goes, who's he? He has no power over us. We began Mm -hmm. praying. I blessed with uh, holy water, reminding again of baptism. As soon as this thing happened, there's the green eyes. There's the slanted pupils. And the demon looks at me and goes, you can't get rid of us. We've been here too long, and you're just not strong enough and then went through the rite of the church. And it was the uh, insufflation prayer, the breathing on of the face of the person that cast the demon out. Because when I breathed on the face of the person, they were in the chair. The chair flew back about 10 feet and hit the wall. And then there was a scream, and the lady comes flying out of the chair. And then myself and the other priest pick her up, and she's glowing as bright as the sun. There's just a glow coming from her. And that's an indication that the demons had been cast out. Wow. I I just wanted you to hear that, folks. I'll tell you why. These things happen on a regular basis. I mean, uh, regular basis, meaning in Southern California, we got so much of that going on here that it's just amazing that Father is willing to get on the television and expose this, because I'm sure for a lot of people, they'd never heard of any of this. And I, I also noticed that, that um, Tucker Carlson was like, wow, we never have anything in the Protestant church like that. <laughs> but let's, let's read a little bit of the, of the article. I'll just set the stage, and Paul will go back and forth. Now, <clears throat> the Archbishop Daniel Bushland of, of Indianapolis, 
appointed him in 2005, Father Lambert, to train as an exorcist in Rome. And many of my other friends that are exorcists started about that time. Father Chad Ripperger is one. And um, are you ready for this? He had to sit in for 40 exorcisms. Possessed people would often gather in the courtyard of an Italian church where he trained and manifest, he said. The first exorcism Father Lambert witnessed is still carved in his mind. And here it is. He says, I'm in this little room talking to this elderly Italian lady. Now picture this, everybody, in your mind and her husband. She's explaining to me why she's possessed, he recalled. And I'm talking to her thinking, well, this doesn't seem to be so bad. Remember, he's just starting out. (laughs) So then the priest training Father Lambert blessed the woman with holy water. As soon as the drops of water hit her forehead, she began to manifest. Father Lambert said, her eyes rolled into the back of her head. She began to growl, growl and snare and throw out blasphemies. She's foaming at the mouth. And the priest just reached over, tears off a piece of a, a paper towel, wipes her mouth off, throws it in the plastic bag, and continues to pray the prayer of the church. I mean, what a guy. I was, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking to myself, Father says, what in the world? Has my bishop got me into if I'm going to be doing this? (laughs) Now, when he was appointed, check this out, Paul. This is amazing, folks. Father Lambert was just one of 12 exorcists in the United States of America with, what, tens of millions of Catholics. Mm. Not only Catholics, non-Catholics get possessed. Through the number has grown to about 125 amid skyrocketing, skyrocketing inquiries about demonic activity. Now... He says, check this out. He receives 3,500 emails and phone calls and letters every year from people all over the United States and all over the world. Father Lambert says half of the individuals he she sees aren't even Catholic. Now, this is the part, Paul, you can share. He he says uh, Carlson is a Protestant. What did he have to say about his, his comments with Father? All right. As a Protestant, Carlson said that he was shocked to learn that exorcisms are still regarded as real and and performed by the Catholic Church. The conservative news hosts pointed out, however, that Jesus himself spoke directly of demonic possession in the Gospels Mm -hmm. and exorcised people, as did the apostles. So for a a believing Christian, there's really no question that it's real. Carlson said, Mm. lamenting that the Episcopal Church, of which he is a member, doesn't train exorcists. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, even Protestants like me, are reaching the conclusion that actually we don't have all the answers, said Carlson. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I, I'm praying for his conversion. I've been praying for Carlson's conversion for years because I think he would be a, he'd be in a fired-up Catholic, I'll tell you. Amen. Now, now, Paul, how do people become possessed? Go ahead. I like your reading. A main task of exorcists, Father Lampert related, is finding the entry point yep. of the demonic in a person's life. Yep. The elderly Italian woman, like many people who suffer from possession, had participated in occult practices, including consulting mediums or psychics and using witchcraft. Father Lampert strongly warned against such activity, noting that it establishes a connection to the demonic world and and inevitably results in diabolic attacks. 
uh, spiritists always rely on the power of evil working through them. Amen. Whether whether knowingly or unknowingly. That's an important point. Yeah. And any time somebody would engage forces of evil, Mm -hmm. eventually the demonic is going to attack them and try to destroy them, even if initially it seems to be a benefit. Wow. Someone goes to see a psychic or a medium and they hear something that's pleasing to them. And so they keep going back again and again. Of course. Mm-hmm. With curiosity leading to reliance, Father Lampert said, but the connection that's going to be made is with the demonic world, and eventually the devil is going to want to be paid. <laughs> oh, but that, that yeah. statement is so true, Jess. Yes, oh. yes. And the way that he's paid is by trying to destroy someone else's life, he cautioned. Another common way demons penetrate people's lives is through habitual mortal sin. That's right. By which by which people become so disconnected from God that they try to create their own truth. And that's exactly what the devil did in the in his fall, Father Lampert said. And let me just jump in on that comment. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what's going on in our culture right now. I'll read it. That they're trying to create their own truth. The culture. Yes. You get it? Yes. That's demonic, man. That's what this is that's what he's saying here. Continue. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we somehow think, Terry, that, you know, uh, these ideas come from ourselves. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, Satan is the original when it came to somebody who rejected God yep. and, w- and wanted to be something other than what God wanted him to be. Now, we know that we were created for God. Yeah. And uh, and, in the, and until we fulfill that calling, uh, not only are our hearts restless, but uh, it's just, uh, 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 again, any fulfillment that you will get in this life cannot happen. True fulfillment outside of Christ. That's all I'll say. Amen. Um, and Paul, I got to tell you, uh, what what Father is giving us is just really fundamental spirituality when it comes to the demonic. Yes. He, he said he yes. observed that many people today live by three guiding principles. You may do whatever you wish. No one has a right to command you, and you're the God of yourself. Paul, (laughs) that is exactly our culture. I'll never forget getting into an airplane in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, a lady that was with me was a witch, and uh, she was dressed like it, and she told me I do. I make up whatever. I, I, I worship myself, me, myself, and I. I went, oh, my gosh. And she was yep. bragging about being a witch. So this is what we're up against. Now, Now, if you can live that way, if you want, the priest said, but that doesn't mean there won't be consequences to that lifestyle. Mm. And one of you the consequences... Oh, go ahead, Paul. Hit me. No, 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 no. No, I was just going to say that you would think, Terry, that people yeah. who actively were involved in witchcraft would, co- would, would, would connect dots and say, well, if this is real in my life... Exactly then God must be real. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. But yet, but yet it speaks to their heart, how they refuse and harden their hearts to God. Amen. And they want, and they want to live to serve themselves. Go ahead, Terry. Well, I want to just mention in this article, they quote Kathleen Beckman, who's a friend of mine. She's a lay assistant to exorcist for 13 years. And she echoed father Lambert's assessment in an interview from the national Catholic register. I think it's worth reading last week so check it out warning that the most typical reason for possession are you ready folks drum roll she sees including religious syncretism now that word let me explain what that is syncretism mm-hmm. is 
one religion is as good as the other. <laughs> and do we have that in our culture? Absolutely. She said also new age practices. Do we have that? Absolutely. Do we have unrepented grave sin? Absolutely. <laughs> Such as irregular marriages, serial abortion, and adultery. It's all of these things are going on. This is demonic. Chronic addiction to pornography? Of course that's going on. Drugs, sexual activity? Of course. And Catholics can fend off demonic attacks by living in the grace of the sacraments, she said, and the empowerment of the rosary. Amen. She said, she has caused demons to scream during exorcisms she's attended. When we come back, Paul, let's talk about perfect possession. What is that? And much more on the Terry and Jesse Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back is right. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess Romero. And for those who just tuned in, you missed a segment that's pretty incredible. Tucker Carlson interviews a Catholic exorcist, Father Vincent Lambert. And man, he's given them the ABCs of spiritual warfare. <laughs> and what we're talking about right now is what we call perfect possession. Paul, can you share that, please? Yes. Curses can also be passed down through family lines, Father Lampert told Carlson, mm -hmm. or established through pacts that allow demons to claim rights over people. Once demons manifest, possessed victims, possessed victims may be left powerless to control themselves. It's almost like they become trapped in their own body and they're unable to react or respond, he said. So the demon is now acting through them. Sometimes people can even fall into what is described as perfect possession. Mm -hmm. I think that it's absolute, that it absolutely could be possible that there is something called perfect possession, where somebody is possessed by the demon, but they're not fighting it. So the manifestations are, as, are a good sign because it means the person is rejecting the demonic. Mm -hmm. But perfect possession is when somebody would live in a harmonious relationship with the demon, and then there, there's no need for the demon to manifest because it's already one. Father Lampert mentioned the example of the dying faithless man whose family had requested a visit. When I went to visit him, he told me, I have no desire to go to heaven because I want to spend eternity in hell with Satan and wow. his demons wow. that I befriended throughout my life because that's what I want my eternity to be, he recounted. Exorcisms can only be performed on those willing to undergo them. Father Lampert suggested that he observed famous people who appear to be in the state of perfect possession. Well, wow. you know, that's so powerful. That reminds me, yesterday we had Father Charles Murr on talking about his book, 33rd Degree, Murder in the 33rd Degree, and people can get that book. But Father Murr talked about a general who killed Catholic priests during the Custero movement in uh, the mm -hmm. revolution in Mexico, and he was dying. He was almost 90 years old, and somebody, the doctor said, would you come and uh, see this man? He needs a priest. Well, yeah, of course he did. He'd been living in mortal sin all his life. And Father Murr tells a similar story where this man didn't want to repent. And so Father Murr used a Fulton Sheen line and said, okay, well, you want to go to hell? You know, I've never seen anybody go to hell. Do you mind if I sit over here in this chair and just 
watch you go because you've got gangrene. You've got maybe another hour or two of life. And uh, that shook the man. And then he said, you really believe that I'm going to go to hell? He said, absolutely, if you don't repent and believe in the gospel. So Father Murr was able to uh, basically, through the grace of God, bring that man to baptism before he died. He not only was baptized, Paul, he received Holy Communion. He was confirmed. And then when they found out his wife wasn't married in the church, he just picked her up 67 years ago when she was 14 years old and said, you're my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. He performed a wedding about 20 minutes before he died, and all wow. 12 kids were in the room who had been raised Catholic by the wife, unbeknownst to the husband, and they were praying the rosary in the waiting room. They had been praying rosary after rosary for the conversion of their father, and this is what happened. He repented, and Father Murr was able to receive him into the church, but this yeah, happens and- through prayer. And Terry, tell me, Paul, why did God extend that grace to that man? I'll tell you why. Tell me, brother. Be- because obviously there were believing people yeah. in his household, Absolutely. and 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 their faith sanctified the household. Yeah. And God, because He's a good God, and because He's a loving God, and He asks us to pray. Uh, you know, God was pleased right. in order to. You know, He was pleased to bring him to salvation. Amen. Oh. It's a great uh, you story. Gotta love, oh, yeah. yeah. And you know, Our Lady says the same thing in Fatima when she says souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make mm. sacrifices. That's a great story. Multiple demons. This is another interesting comment here, or commentary about possession. Possession typically involves not just one demon. Check this out. But multiple demons. The mm. priest further noted they operate in clusters. Isn't that interesting? There's a hierarchy, just as much as there's a hierarchy of the angelic core. So there's always one that's more dominant, he said. And boy, Jesse taught that, and Father, uh, Father Chad Ripperger taught us all about that. He said in one long exorcism, Father Lambert performed six of the seven demons who inhabited a woman were quickly to go. But the mm. one who told me his name was Levethan, the great Leviathan. Leviathan, the great sea monster mentioned in the Bible. Isn't that a great, what a great name. Yeah. Told me it did not have to leave because the woman had invited the demon into her life. You see, she invited him. Mm. Therefore, it was claiming this woman's life as its own, he said. However, Father said, through exorcism, the church can command an evil spirit to return that which it has stolen. I love it. Namely, mm-hmm. a person created in the image and likeness of God. Remember we talked about the dignity of man. Father mm-hmm. Lambert explained, here it comes, if people repent of the involvement in the demonic, then demons have to honor that, he stressed. Through mm-hmm. so demons often try to convince their victims otherwise. Of course they do. Father Lambert finally exercised the demon from the woman. How? by ordering it to talk like a little child and say, are you ready, folks? Hail Mary, full of grace. It shrieked and fled immediately. I love that story. What about the foaming at the mouth, Paul? Hmm. Uh, That's a powerful story. Your thoughts before we go to the next one? Yeah, one quick thought. Mm -hmm. The demons have to honor that. 
You ever, 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 does it ever, you know, come to your mind, Terry, you say, well, why did the demons have to honor that? You know, crooks don't honor the law, right? Right, right. Well, well, they have to honor it because of our redemption. Mm -hmm. You see, Amen. Christ died and he redeemed mankind. He purchased us back. Yep. So we no longer belong to them and they have no rights. And the only rights that the demons have, just like, uh, the the demon implied the lady invited him in and I, and I and I want to emphasize whether knowingly or unknowingly Terry yep. because a lot of people don't just say hey you know Mr. Demon come on in but because of their practice because of the things that they're doing that are contrary to what God commands us not to do yep. we open ourselves up to these influences well said I'm getting so many texts about people saying what about this what? I guess this is a, a big topic good point Paul yeah yeah. What, so why? the foaming, the foaming at the mouth. Mm -hmm. Demons make possessed persons act in an animalistic way in an attempt to disgrace God, who created man in His image and likeness. Father Lampert said, "The human person is God's greatest creation because the human person reflects the divine image." Amen. He told Carson. And the devil, in his own twisted sense, believes that he can attack God by attacking the image of God, which all of us bear. And so then people experience different types of manifestations, eyes rolled in the back of their head, the foaming of the mouth, growling and snarling, really acting animalistic. The manifestations are also demons' attempts to install fear and distract from 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 the power of God, Father Lampert said. Whereas the church, in its prayer, wants to say, "Wow, look at what God is doing in that per in this person." Let me just jump in one comment. Yeah, yeah. You just said instill fear and distract from the power of God. Yes. I believe the last two years that's been going on, not only in no the church doubt. but in the world. Yes. Here. Yes, and fear is of the devil. Yep. And it, and it's funny. I've heard a lot of people say, Terry, uh, when I've been, when I when I've encouraged them in the faith, and I say, you know, you need you need to pray. Uh, it doesn't work. God doesn't answer me. You know what I mean? You <laughs> yeah, hear I've things that. like that. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, no, no, that's a lie from the devil. Right. Uh, you pray in spite. Listen, blessed are are those who have not seen yet still believe. Right? We mm -hmm. might not see it. We might not be able to you know, uh, perceive it, but God commands us to pray and out of obedience, that's what we have to do. Okay. Well said. So, yeah. So, um, and demons, right? When yeah. They speak. And, yeah. And demons, when they speak, it's always a deep voice Isn't to that, be very, yeah, yeah. To be very authoritative. Yeah. Uh, because they want to convince everybody yeah. that they're the ones in control and not God. He <laughs> continued while demonic manifestations initially, uh, scared Father Lampert during his training. These things didn't really uh, don't really phase me uh, in the least anymore because I know the power of God is greater than the power of evil. He said. Wow, uh, Paul. You yeah. know, he, I want that last statement. I know the power of God is greater than the power of evil. Do we really believe that? Okay, because yeah. we have to believe that, Paul, to yes, be committed yes. to Christ. Well, well it, it reminds me of the Gospel of John when it says that the light came into the world, but yes. the darkness could not overcome it. There you, you know, go. There you go. yeah, could not, cannot, you know. Uh, wow. Uh, well, Paul, before we break here, I know we're going to talk about how exorcisms are performed, but I also want to encourage 
everyone to go to our website. And if you haven't seen the Spiritual Warfare Conference last year or six months ago with Father Chad Ripperger, there were like eight or ten talks at that event. They're available. You can purchase those right on our website and download all the talks. Because I know I get constantly questioned by mom and dad that there's lots of bad things that are going on in their house. And, you know, this article is very good on the fundamentals. But I think Father Chad and his boys, they really cover a lot more than what we can do in just, you know, a one-hour radio show. Um, Also, I want to remind people this weekend, Saturday, we have the men's conference. Don't forget to keep, if you can, there's still room for you to come. Also, Friday night is our our dinner for our benefactors. If you uh, are a benefactor, if you want to become one, call 877-526-2151 or go online to vmpr.org. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. When we come back, we're going to have Father Lambert explain how a priest performs an exorcism and much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. I always like to say I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. Amen. Hope was money. We'd be billionaires because our hope is in Jesus Christ, not of this world. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. If you're just joining us, sometimes that happens. We've been talking about Father Lambert's interview with Tucker Carlson regarding the demonic. And this is kind of like the ABCs of the demonic and how it works. And mm-hmm. Paul Clay is filling in for Jess here. And... Um, the next question comes up, Paul, is how are exorcisms performed? Father Lampert also explained how priests perform exorcisms. The rite of exorcism is a liturgical rite yep. centered around taking the components of our Christian faith and literally throwing them into the face of the devil. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. So the thing that the devil has rejected is what the church will use to defeat him. I love it. So the rite always begins by blessing the person, reminding ourselves of our baptism into Christ, by which we became a new creation. And by the way, Terry, as you know, yes, sir. baptism is a minor exorcism. That's right. Right? right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there is the litany of the saints calling upon the saints to come down and to present and to be present during the public prayer. The church reading out of the Bible, the Psalms, gospel passages, and Jesus casting out demons, basically saying, you have been defeated before. You will be defeated again. Mm-hmm. Do not resist the power and the authority of Christ. And then there is the opportunity to try to get the person to renounce what they have done. And then, of course, the demon would prevent the person from doing that. The Catholic Church always conducts exorcisms in a methodic way, Father Lambert noted, adding that there is no such thing as an emergency exorcism. As a priest, I will celebrate Mass beforehand. I will go to confession. I will spend time in prayer, he said. I will determine where the exorcism will take place. But the devil does not get to choose where he will be defeated. The church herself will make that determination. It's always in a sacred space, 
in the church or a chapel. And Paul, can I just jump in for a minute? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What you're saying, I've experienced through with Jesse's ministry when he was here. I saw a priest who just took control of a situation. It was yes. it was just so awesome, and and I really saw the Holy Spirit working with this priest, and I you know I saw all the things that they're describing, and I was like, wow, this is for real because it was something I'd never seen before. But Father Lambert's, you know, he said in one exorcism. He connect. He he. You know. He talked about in Mexico. Remember the, the the woman's eyes turned green. He became slanted, as mentioned in that clip that we played, and uh, and again, some exorcisms are very quick. Some can take a long time. The priest stated, and it's really does. It does seem that God will be the one who ultimately determines when the person will be set free. Yes. And yes. I love what he says about demons still flee with a shriek as they did in the Gospels. Isn't that biblical, man? I love that. Yeah. And after being delivered of a possession, a person will uh, emit a glow, like that woman he had the clip on. The woman Mm -hmm. whose eyes turned green was glowing as bright as sun and radiating the glory of God after being delivered, Father said. However, the ministry of exorcism doesn't culminate in casting out demons, he said, but rather in fostering, here comes, a desire for holiness and a relationship with, with Christ. Emphasis oh, on that. Christ. Say that because he's quoting the Gospel of Luke. Continue, Yes, Paul. yes. Uh, the Gospel of Luke eleven twenty four. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he passes through waterless spaces seeking rest. Finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Amen. This means when the demon goes, goes, but God isn't there filling, filling the void, it goes and finds seven other demons worse than itself, and they come and take up residence in the person, Father Lampert said. That's right. So really, so really connecting somebody with faith or with faith for the very first time, is a key component of the ministry of exorcism, he insisted. That's right. Listen. Tell me. If, if the space is unoccupied, yeah. then, the, 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 then again, uh, it's not enough to, uh, you know, t- to have somebody, uh, in this case, a priest, perform this exorcism, cast out the demon, and when the priest leaves, if the person doesn't have any change in his lifestyle, Terry, and the person, you know, the demon says, hey, this is the same old space before, and he comes right back in. And that's why it's important, Father says, to get that person grounded in the faith. We want that person in a state of grace. That's right. We want them receiving the sacraments and we want to surround them because we in the Catholic Church, as you know, Terry, we believe in the communion of saints. Amen, brother. And so all of us, whether whether we're saints in heaven or saints down here in the making, we 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 surround that person with love and prayer. That's what we would do. You have a prayer team. That's what we're doing. Hey, Paul, there's another comment about demonic oppression, a gift from God. Well, every exorcist at some point suffers demonic attacks. Oh, yeah. Remember Padre Pio talking about that. According to Father Lambert, some priests may experience demonic oppression, which is considered to be a gift from God. How is that? Well, let's talk about it. God allows someone to be attacked by the devil as an opportunity for that person to show their fidelity to God. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it reminds me of Job. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Same thing. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Father Lambert also said that demonic attacks can reflect the devil's anger. (laughs) 
with the person's work and that they yep. actually have strengthened his conviction to live out his ministry and priestly vocation. Yes, because he attacked me. That's how I know what I'm doing is really important. And therefore, times that I've experienced attacks is actually deepening my commitment to God. That's a real man, Jess, or yeah. Paul. Yes. It has done the complete opposite of what the devil had hoped for, he related. You could see the pure hatred and evil that the demons have for the exorcist. I bet, because the demons have to obey exorcists. Mm -hmm. It's by divine justice, Father Lambert attested. They can't stand that they're being commanded to do something by someone they consider to be inferior to themselves. Yeah. Paul? You know, Terry, it reminds me of, um, as most of the audience knows, uh, I'm a retired police officer. Oh, yeah. And when you're, you know, when you're a police officer, you get a different perspective yeah. uh, uh, of the neighborhood, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, you might be living in the city. You might go to bed fat, dumb, and happy every <laughs> night, you know, without too many cares in the world. Yeah. But we see, but when those when those lights go out, we see a different uh uh, we have a different view of what's going on in the city. And uh, this is, I would imagine, how the priest is, you know, because he's involved in, in spiritual warfare on this level, it only gives him more resolve to to fight this fight. And that's the way a lot of police officers are, you know, because we're dealing with evil firsthand, day in and day out, oh and gosh. we see it. And, 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 and it, yes, it does bring fear because we don't want, a lot of people think it's paranoia, but it's not. It's We have a healthy respect for what's going on out there, and we understand a little bit more than most. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I can I can relate the father here. <laughs> Brad, I'm just going to cover a little bit more, and then we'll wrap it up here. The Indiana yeah. priest revealed that anytime he encounters someone, he can sense whether or not there is a presence of evil in them. And as, yes. yeah, and has witnessed negative reactions even from people he doesn't know because the devil knows who's working to defeat him. Of course. And let me give one last quick story. When I was with Jesse and one of the fathers we were doing what they call spiritual warfare, I was with the victim who had been dedicated to the devil at a, uh, when he was a baby, and he grew up you know, in a satanic uh, culture. And father was doing a minor exorcism on him, and we saw all the things manifest. Okay, I get all that. And I was just the prayer team. I was there on my knees praying the rosary before the Blessed Sacrament, doing my thing. And then uh, we left and got purified prayers. And it was, a, it was an experience I'll never forget. But, Paul, here's what really got me. The next day I was at my daughter's graduation, mm -hmm. and this is 40 miles away, and I'm going down the stairs of maybe you know, four or 5,000 people at the football stadium watching their graduation. And who do I run into? The victim the next day. Wow. And as soon as I laid eyes on him, and he laid eyes on me, he started manifesting right there. Wow. And man, that just confirmed my point, folks. This is real. So if you don't believe that there's a devil, then you're going to have a hard time believing there's a God. And I would it, just... It, go ahead, Paul. No, 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 no. I don't want to interrupt you, Terry. Go ahead, finish. No, no, no you're, go on. You got a minute and a half. Oh, uh, you, you reminded me of a, a... You know, I used to go out and feed the homeless, Terry. Yeah. And... You know, you would think if you're homeless out there and somebody's kind enough to to bring you yeah. food or you know and to and to, and to you know show care and concern for you, that would be a welcome act, right? Of course, of course. And it was in most instances, but there were some 
who just me walking up, I saw manifestations of the demonic. I saw I saw their their whole countenance change and anger come upon them. Yes. Like like, you know, almost, you know, in a in an attempt to scare me away and to, you know, hey, you, you know, stop you know, going out here and ministering to these homeless people. But, you know, but I, you know, I always fell back on the fact that, listen, you know, you stay prayed up and I understand that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So, and I know that, you know, the demonic cannot touch me without my father's permission. Amen. And Paul, that's what father told me that, that, that victim, the devil inside of him saw that you were the one who was praying for him and you upset the demonic there. Yep. And you yep. know what? Praise God, because you know what? Like you just said, we live in the state of grace, and the devil can't touch us. So what's the what's the upshot of this whole hour, Paul? Why don't you summarize uh, the upshot of being able to live a life centered on Jesus Christ? Yeah. Well, listen, Terry, number one, we don't want to give the impression that, you know, to look for a demon behind every bush, so to speak. No. Not, not at all. But understand that, again, we have three enemies, the world, and we all know about that worldview that completely is going in the opposite direction of the things of God. Our own fleshly desires that we know are wrong. When we know to do right and we do wrong, okay. that is our enemy. And the other one is the devil. The devil is real, but God is greater than the devil. So I just want to encourage everybody to stay in the fight and understand what's going on and remember that the Lord is our strength. Well said, Paul Clay, filling in for Jess Romero. What an interesting show. Pass this show on to your friends who might not even believe in God or the devil. I think it's a wake-up call. We're living in these times right now, folks. And I always ask Jesse, and I'm going to ask Paul, what state should we be living in, brother only one state, Terry, the state of grace. Amen. And again, you got kids that are fooling around with the cult? Pray for them. Remember, Our Lady yes. said it. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make yes. sacrifices. Let's offer up our life to Jesus Christ. What else Amen. is there? Paul Clay yeah. sitting in for Jess Romero. And I want to remind everybody that we have the... Uh, men's conference coming up this Saturday. Please join us. Go to vmpr.org. May God richly bless you and your family.